0: There's a fear of the unknown and it's a lot easier, it's a lot more comfortable to just sit in what your weaknesses are and focus on what you can't do or what you don't think you can do. The problem with that is, is you never know what you're capable of. You never feel that full joy, that full weight of joy that comes from owning your strengths. It is not common, like I will ask my clients, I'll ask even my friends be like, Okay, tell me something you've done really, you're really good at. And they always turn it into something that they've done for somebody else, or some kind of servants way or, or downplay their strengths. So we focus on what we've done wrong, instead of really looking at what went right.
1: Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. Today, I've got Tammy Imlay with me, and she's a former student of mine and has been on the show before. And she's amazing. You are going to love this conversation. It's all about joy. that runs parallel with having gone through incredible grief. We talk a lot about grief in this episode, and she really teaches me a lot. Grief is a, has been a real front, front of the line thing that I have been dealing with the last few years, specifically the last year. And we have such a great conversation about how you can have grief, how you can, grief is always a part of you, but you can still have joy. I think this is going to be a powerful conversation for many of you. Grief finds, shows up in a lot of different things. Doesn't always have to be someone passes away. She's she's great. You are really, really going to love this conversation. I know I've already said that, but I really think you're going to love it. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Tammy Mlay is the founder and CEO of Tammy Marie Coaching and host of the Full Weight of Joy podcast. She combines her life experiences with her God-given gifts of intuition, empathy, and leadership to empower faith-led moms to step into their light and live in their God-given purpose. Now, hold on a minute. You might be thinking, hold on a minute. I'm not a faith-led mom. That's okay. You are still going to get a lot out of this conversation. Tammy pulls from her background as a trained therapist, master certified Enneagram coach, and master certified neuro coach, as well as her experience as a mother, widow, and Air Force veteran to guide these women to understand their unique strengths so that they can step into their purpose, live a more meaningful and fulfilling life, and have a deep impact in their world. Let's head over to the show. Tammy, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's always good to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. I Yes, I love your work. I'm so excited. Wow. I know. I'm excited to have this conversation because, like I said in the intro, you've been on the show before. You know, I think it's been close to three years since you've been on the show. I don't have the exact episode number. I'm going to link it in the show notes, but I always equate everything by where I lived. And I know where I lived when we had that conversation. And so I
0: think it was about three years ago. I think so. Cause I had just started my podcast and okay. just, so yes. And it's about three years old now. So I, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I wanted to have Tammy back on the show because and I'll I'll start the same way I always do in just a minute and I'll ask her who she is and what she does. So don't don't worry. But I wanted to have her back on the show because there's been this, I don't know if metamorphosis is the right word, but this redirection may be the best word. I'm not even sure the best word. We'll figure out the best word, but it was such a permission slip that I wanted our conversation to give those of you that are listening that are struggling with, well, yeah, I did that, but I want to do this. I'm known for that, but I like this better. And I think that becomes this prison of worrying what people think for many of you, feeling afraid to shift gears. There's a whole lot of stuff around that. And I've watched Tammy, morph may be the right word. I I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go. So I wanted wanted to have you back on the show to talk about that. But so let's just start with, tell us who you are and what you do.
0: Yes. My name is Tammy. I am a master certified life coach and podcast host. My recently, um, and we'll talk more about it. I I rebranded my podcast. It was Her Restored Spirit. And now it's The Full Weight of Joy. And I help women step into who they're called to be. We all have stories. We all have these things we go through, and we focus so much on what we're not good at, what we've done wrong. We miss this beautiful piece of the puzzle that shows what you've done right and how you are actually called to be here in this moment, and and stepping into the strengths of like who you are. And so I just help women find that and answer that question of who am I now? We go through these big changes, especially as our kids get older and we have more time and we have more energy and all of a sudden it's like, well, I spent so much time taking care of my people and so much time trying to get things right that I don't know who I am anymore and I don't know what my purpose is. So that's what I get to do is help women realize that they're this upgrade that they're going through. Um, what, whatever age it is, is they get to set down all those terrible expectations they put on themselves and, and really become who God called them to be.
1: Yeah, I love it. And, and I'm going to link the previous episode in the show notes, and I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. And because Tammy's story is very, very powerful, And I don't, I don't, everybody can go listen to the whole story, but I want you to touch on the story and how that was the catalyst for the first phase of the work that you did. I want to talk about this transformation into this work because it was a real, it was a real evolution. That's the word I want. Here we go. Evolution.
0: That's That's a good one. one. It is. Yeah. Because it's still the same me. It's just a different I like each time I stepped more into who I was called to be who I'm supposed to be I I understand more and um, and so I I'm a military brat. I am a Air Force veteran. Um, I'm also an Air Force widow um, at 32 years of age. I had a two and four year old and I got the knock on the door that my husband was killed in action. And at that moment, I you when you're in the military, when you go through things like this, you don't just lose yourself, you lose your culture, you lose your hopes and your dreams, you know, these, um, you know, this foundation that my husband and I built our life on, he was my high school sweetheart. And so we had years of dreams, I didn't have any dreams that didn't have him Mm. and the kids in it. Mm. And so when I went and, um, and I am a Let me figure out how person, um, if you know about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram one and I'm like, okay, I want to get this, get this moving. I don't want to hurt anymore. And so I started on this journey. I went to, went to therapy and my therapist was terrible. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, then I guess I'm supposed to be a therapist. And I talked more about that in the first episode. (laughs) And it was that start of, um, Start of the journey, I realized because when you go to school for things like therapy or social work or any of these, um, you're your first client. And so mm-hmm. I went on this journey and I um, became a marriage family therapist. I absolutely adored it. I worked mainly with uh, middle school and high school and their families. And um, but I realized that that's not again like you get to a point where you're like okay, this was part of the journey, but it's not quite right now. And so I have always been forward facing and it was really hard for me to sit and dwell in the past. I don't I'm not a rose colored glasses person. I'm not a um, forget forgive and forget. I don't forget what happened or set it aside stuff it down. But I don't want to s- stay there. And so I became a coach and the natural then you know where you your mentors and the natural place for me to go was grief coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's where I we were. uh, I think it's even the second evolution is when we were talking because I realized that that early on, you really do need therapy, you need someone to help you process what happened. Mm -hmm. And coaching is okay. What do you want now? Mm -hmm. And so then I became a restoration and confidence coach just okay, you know, now that this is part of you, who are you? And, um, and through the last couple of years, as I've been on my own healing journey, um, with the kids and I, um, one of my common, well, one of the common things that um, themes is to choose joy. And I had this epiphany with a, a mentor of mine. And she asked, she's like, well, how are you choosing joy today? And I realized that life shifted. And I didn't have to fight to choose joy anymore it was part of who I am. And that moment, and that realization shifted everything for me to where it's like, you know, you can, I'm still in grief, I miss my husband, Um, my, my kids are teenagers. And it's actually harder now to go through grief with them now than it was when they're two and four, just they understand more. Um, And it's, I won't go into the science behind all of that. But um, And then with that, it was the, okay, well, what, what can I share with people? And it was really that people were coming to me and asking, like, how do I have the joy? How do I step into who I'm called to be? Because I honestly think when I got clear on who I was, who I am, and I see who I want to be, That's when joy started to happen because it didn't matter what other people said. It didn't didn't matter what other people thought about my actions and my grief and my life. It was, this is getting me and my kids the life we want. And so that's, that's kind of the evolution and where it really, it's turned. And I get to help women take, you know, even if it's, we all go through grief, whether it is a loss of a dream, loss of an identity, loss of a person, um, So there, there's always aspects, even when we change seasons of life, we have that, um, we have that, that grief,
1: you know, grief is I have such respect for grief and I've certainly had massive grief in my life, different kinds of grief than you have. I'm not a widow but I know that you don't compare grief, even within yourself, grief can be different every day. Yeah. And I, there's a couple of things I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to stay on grief, but there's a couple of things that I've always, that have always stuck with me about you. And one of them is that, that I want you to talk to these two points, and then we're going to move forward. But how we can so easily get stuck in grief Hmm. and think that's all there is. And and in no way am I minimizing grief. I want to make this clear because I mean, even just last year, I spent every day crying, working through some grief. Mm -hmm. And so there's all shades, all levels. That's why I say it's it's you know, i'm not a i'm not a widow but i have grief around other things so we all have these varying types of of grief but it is so easy to get stuck there and i think from my outside observation and i want to hear your thoughts because you're definitely the expert after helping people get to the other side of this do we have a lot of guilt that comes with grief why do we get stuck is the question and i suspect that the the connection between grief and joy, that's a pretty big jump for the mind to process without feeling bad about it. Am I right or wrong?
0: I, I think you are. Um, I think you're right. And I also think that you're wrong. I think there's okay. a, major, and I think that that's the part that we think that we have one or the other. Ah okay and it's when we just when we realize that when we stop holding on so tight to one our hand opens for both mm. that we don't ever have to choose one or the other the things that make me the happiest also have those elements of sadness to them mm-hmm. seeing my kids get older and seeing the 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 people they're turning into um you know i i love it and it makes me so happy and then i also have that grief of the reason why they're you know I see elements of my late husband in them, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. also he would be so proud to be here with them today, yeah, um, and I think that when we try to reason that we can have one or the other, that we have to give up our grief in order to have joy, that mm. it's really it's the matter um i I joke about the fact that I've taken my grief, it's no longer my backpack, it's my fanny pack, mm-hmm. because now it's still a part of me but it does not define me. I get to decide what def- what it shapes me and it helps me build character. And it helps me realize how important like my values are a lot stronger because I've been through grief. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. know what I value. And um and that also it turns of turns around to I know what makes me happy. I know what joy feels like because mm-hmm. I have both. And I actually think people who embrace grief are more, um, I think they have joy on a whole nother level um, when you embrace it, because you see that it doesn't have to be one or the other.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. And that the next thing that I was going to to touch on, which you've really covered here that I think is so important, is that grief is really a part of you. It is. and And so it makes total sense that I'm not this or that. And if I'm not this or that, then I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to worry what people are thinking because I'm moving my life forward because they're both a part of me. So that's really that. That leads me to my next question, which is, is as we're moving this this forward you're moving out of this realm of grief and and are you feeling like you're being pulled in a different direction are you talk a little bit about how I went from and you were already mm-hmm. in the first part of the work when Absolutely. we met yeah Absolutely. we we met later when you started the podcast Absolutely. is when we met hmm
0: Yes. And, and again, like we have, we get to, we're humans, we're on a journey. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we, when we have grief, and I think this is another reason why we stay stuck, is that it envelops us.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so by allowing yourself to grow and be on the journey and realize that that's part of it, that's one part of the story. You get to make the conscious decision that that's not where your story is going to end. And I think that's the biggest difference between those who grow and are able to take it and shape their grief into gifts. I mean, honestly, I the women and the men that I've met who experience deep grief and take the active work to heal through it. Um, and so it's it's really interesting because I I pulled away because I didn't know how to do some of the healing work for others and grief and choose joy and teach that. And now it's kind of like, it's, it's just weird because it goes back again. And I feel like all of a sudden I have more clients who are on different areas of grief, but again, it's part of their story Mm -hmm. instead of their whole story. And that's where I, I'm still, on a journey and I am I'm so I'm not saying that I'm done with the grief work because honestly I never want to be done with it that I want to keep aspects that I've learned because the depth of character it's given me the compassion and the understanding. And I also want to keep evolving into a deeper version of Tammy. So yeah, it's funny how, you know, things come full circle and grief is constantly, I mean, my kids are right back in the grips of it right now. And so it's a cycle. But the difference is, is that I am choosing it now, instead of have to worry about it. And so even as you grow, your grief that you've been through shaped your character, you get to decide how whether it's a something that's going to drag you down or something that's going to propel you. But it's always going to be there because it's become part of you, but it doesn't get to define you.
1: And that's really good. <laughs> Before we started, before I hit record, you mentioned something that I thought was really, I want to touch on it again, and I could relate to it so much. You were basically telling me, I know you moved away and worked with a different type of client, did a little bit of different work. And you mentioned that you're now Doing work in the grief space a little bit more, but it's totally different Mm -hmm. because you're totally different. And what that made me think of was in the early years of my career doing dialect work. I don't do dialect work now. I get asked to do dialect work. I don't do dialect work now. I just don't do it. You know it. You can. I know it. I could totally do it. I could do it right now. Mm -hmm. But it was so crucial for the evolution of psychology of the voice. And just, I can look back and this, this through line of all the different things that were a part of me being a voice coach, technique was a critical part of me never teaching technique again. And so do you feel like that was part of the journey was I'm going to work with this type of person and this is what I'm going to learn here. And I'm going to come over here and I'm going to learn this. And Mm -hmm. I may end up exactly where I started working in the grief space it's a whole different deal. I've not left voice, but you Agreed. can't compare what I'm doing now to what I was doing 30 years ago.
0: Well, and I want to ask you that the more you got into your work and realized that it like, it wasn't the technique and dialect that they needed. Right. Totally. The same clients, but that wasn't actually what was getting them the transformation. That's right. And I feel like that's the same for me. Mm-hmm. Is it was more of the identity work, the purpose, mm-hmm. and calling, finding a dream and pushing forward. What are your strengths? How did you do so well through all the things mm-hmm. you've survived? Mm-hmm. What are the common core? Um, you know, What are your common motivations and desires there that pushed you through? And so I think the biggest thing is, is that one is we're all grieving something, mm-hmm. but they don't need that grief work like the traditional they don't need the dialect work that's traditional Yeah, yeah they needed the psychology of the voice yeah and that's the missing piece and i think that going through the evolution and going through all working with all the clients that's allowed me to see what really was needed and it wasn't it wasn't the traditional grief work
1: yeah Yeah, that's so very cool. And I think, you know, I say this all the time. The things that I teach you, I teach you because I had to learn them because there was nothing for me to plug in. And I was struggling to use my voice or I was struggling in conflict or I was struggling and I had to come up with a solution that just happened to work for me and you both. Mm -hmm. And there's probably been a lot of that in your work as well. And I think that's to me. That is the work. To me, that is, I'm going to take my experience, my training, and I'm going to create something. I'm not going to copy something. I'm going to create something. And if it takes 30 years, if it takes 10 years, if it takes five years, this is that finding
0: who you are mm-hmm. thing, right? It's it's similar to what you do. It's the setting things down. That are no longer serving you, all those protections, all those mm. masks. You talk about the masks mm-hmm. and it aligns with the things that I do so much because we put on these masks, so you put on this show to appear, oh yes, I'm I'm healthy and I'm I'm healing. We have a wonderful family. Well, you one moment you may feel that the next moment you're able to not feel that. Yeah. But the more you realize why, you're like, wow, well, it's because I, you know, the smell walked by or mm-hmm. things don't control you anymore. It's the more I realize that it's the work of setting things down and really revealing you, Like Mm -hmm. when you start doing that, and all the grief work, a lot of it, we talk about the person who died. Mm -hmm. Well, part of you died as well. Even with your circumstance, it wasn't, again, not the same like physical death, but there was part of you that died in that moment that you needed to rediscover that you got mm-hmm. to redefine and awaken. And so the same as yeah, you go through these and you work with clients and when you're diligent and you watch for the patterns and in and, and again, um, I know we have both have us in common where we just we stay connected to God to like, okay what does our client need here and you're mm-hmm. like they need to know who they are mm-hmm. they need to know their strengths because they are the ones who can make the impact yeah for themselves and those around them <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I think that when I, and I knew it while it was happening, but, and I'll talk openly about this dark night of the soul that, and you know, it it very, you, 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 we had many conversations in that dark night of the soul while I was in that farm on Texas with, in Texas with bad internet, all of that had to be, and all of that was ultimately about the refusal to be the identity that had been assigned to me
0: by my family.
1: Now, Mm -hmm. again, this is not criticizing my family. They're great. But Mm -hmm. that was what had to be learned right then. And I think that is, it's crucial in grief, but I think it's crucial in life Mm -hmm. is, wait a minute, hold on a minute. I just bought that furniture that I don't like, but I'm being what you want me to be. Mm -hmm. I'm being the identity that you created for me as siblings, as I see it the most in siblings, not just in my own family, but sure. I see it in in siblings, but families, but is this, it's really, we wake up one day, and especially I think in when you're talking about moms of children, mm-hmm. wives and husbands and spouses and and all of those things. And we wake up one day and they something happens to them or the kids move away. I know that's a huge mm-hmm. one. Yes. And now it's like, Okay, I don't have a clue who I am. Right. I've been mother, wife, worker, you know, whatever. Yes. That's major.
0: It is. And that's where the grief that I work in really comes in because they don't even realize that that's what they're grieving. <sighs> it's, you know, part of it is and and so they they're like they go numb. They feel mm-hmm. stuck. Well, it's because they've been playing this role for so long, they forgot mm-hmm. to ask themselves well, mm-hmm. who am I in all of this? Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. Like, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing when you step into your own identity. Mm-hmm. And the, the part that it just fascinates me is you actually can make more of an impact when you stop worrying about what everybody else thinks you mm-hmm. should be doing mm-hmm. and truly be who you were wired to be, who yeah. you were called to be. Yeah. And you sit down and it's so much easier mm-hmm. to do that.
1: It It is. Well, as you're thinking about that, you know, I talk openly on this show about my, especially my siblings, especially my sisters, and I love them. Don't get me wrong. But that's what became so clear to me. Why do you have to work? I want you to come hang out with me. And it's just one example of because I love my work and I want to leave a legacy that becomes this identity thing of, okay, do I leave my identity behind to come be the identity that you want me to be? And I think that we struggle with that. And I don't, you know, I don't know, I'd have to really sit down and think about it. Is that a people pleasing move? Or is that, let me step into that identity. But I think that I I have not studied this, but I would suspect it's worse in women. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay,
0: absolutely. Because of our just our nature is, you know, we have servants hearts, we have that nurturing mm-hmm. side. And I mean, I, I've met a few women who were like, I don't care about what other people say. Mm-hmm. But Even that they had to get to that point. Yes, that's, and I think in, in general, um, we do want to be liked, we do want to be thought about we we, we love to be helped and supported. And we act in a way that we want to be, you know, we, we serve, we act we mm-hmm. support others. But it's so crazy, because again, we look and just because we can doesn't mean we should, like mm-hmm. we, we look in for ways that they need help, or the, the ways they want to be helped, instead of actually looking at like, well, this is actually the way I would do it. And it would be mm-hmm. this is what you need instead. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we step into our strengths and, um, and, and I use this cause it's so it's prevalent at church where, you know, there, there was always asking for volunteers. Mm. And so they, you know, like, Oh, someone to work in the, the kids. I love kids. I do not love working with kids. That is not my gifting. And they're like, Oh, you know, you really need, we need workers. And so you're just like, Oh, um, okay, sure. I will help in that. Yeah. But you know what, it would be a whole lot better served if you let me, you know, guide the instead of working with the kids themselves. Let me help guide the all the adults who are working with the kids. Mm -hmm. Let me go work with the teens or let me go like I do better with adults. Let me help serve adults, but we go because they need help. Mm We feel Like we're okay, well, just be, you know, sure, I can go sit and play, you know, color with kids. That does not light me up. I love, love kids, but it does not light me up. Yeah. And it's a burden to serve. So it feels heavy. And so I think want can do that. So back to guilt. Yes. I feel and, bad if I don't go you know, do it. Yes. I feel like, and, yeah. and so the more that we put down the masks, the more that we step into who we're called to be, our own strengths, serving actually gets easier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's lighter when you step into who you're called to be. And then giving someone else the opportunity to realize, oh, I do like working with children. I don't want to, I you know, I don't want to be on hospitality and ta- it's I don't want to make small talk. Don't with talk to adults.
1: Wants. I want to yes. work with
0: kids, right? Happens. But at the time when they needed, they weren't volunteering. That's what they were pushing. They were like, hey, we need someone to, and it's like, well, you can. So it's that that idea of would you really get rid of all the stuff and look at who you're called to be. Yeah. And grief plays a a place in that because we don't, when we set down the guilt and the shame that we think comes with it, that we're supposed Mm -hmm. to carry, Mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, I could have, I could have those sadness. I can have that depth and I can also have the joy. Yeah. There was something you said
1: in the, I think it was when I asked you who you are and what you do. And I don't remember the exact context, but it really struck me. And so I know if I say what it is that struck me, I think you're going to know how to talk about it. Okay. But you were talking about finding out who we are. And you said something about what we've done wrong.
0: Oh, yeah. So many times. Like it is, uh, it is our natural way to focus on our weaknesses. Yeah. Focus on our mistakes. And I think that gives us permission to play small. I know it did. It gave me permission to play small to Mm -hmm. not step into um, there's, there's a fear of the unknown. And it's a lot easier. It's a lot more comfortable to just sit in what your weaknesses are, Mm -hmm. and focus on what you can't do or what you don't think you can do. Um, The problem with that is, is you never know what you're capable of. You Mm -hmm. never feel that full joy, that full weight of joy that comes from like owning your strengths. Mm-hmm. It is not common. Like I will ask my clients, I'll ask even my friends, be like, okay, tell me three strengths or th- tell me something you've done really, you're really good at. And they always turn it into something that they've done for somebody else mm. or some kind of servant's way or, or downplay their strengths. So we focus on what we've done wrong, instead of really looking at what went right.
1: You know, I had a conversation this morning with, it was actually, I was working with a man and it was still a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. He he was explaining to me all the reasons of something. And I said, I don't think that's what's happening at all. I think that what is happening is you're having a hard time owning your greatness. And the, you know, the room just fell silent. Why do we struggle with that? Is it that we don't want to come across arrogant? Is that we Don't want to, there's a disappointment element that's rolled in. If I think I'm, I bet there's a disappointment element even rolled into being joyful. That is probably a scary place because I don't want to feel that high to then be disappointed and have to fall that hard.
0: I, I would agree with you. I think part of it is there's that fear of, okay, if I own my greatness and I mess up, Mm -hmm. that I'm a fraud Mm -hmm. or I'll never have that again um there's also a comfort in if you're not great and I'm not great then we can just deal with that together Mm -hmm. and instead of like okay Tracy you are amazing at what you do and which makes me amazing at what I do the world in general like pushes that down instead of elevates that yeah It's you have to prove you don't have to prove that you're not good. You have to prove that you're great. Like you have to own it and um, convince people. And then they're then it's just this whole weird dynamic where it's like, well, who do you think you are? It's like, well, I don't think I'm anybody. I'm just owning my strengths and seeing this is how I can support you.
1: Yeah. I see that as problematic among women. Yes. And, and one of the coaches that I've worked with on and off over the years, who's actually a former student of mine, she's very, very gifted and knowledgeable in why women struggle with women. And let's just call it what it is. I mean, it is it just that exists. Let's mm-hmm. not pretend like it doesn't. And that is a real core thing in that women to women thing. That if I think Tammy is amazing and great and I cheer her and support her when she does something good, what does that make me? Well, it doesn't change me at all. It doesn't right. make me less than. And I think that is huge. It is. If you're good, I'm less than.
0: Well, and no. this is right. And this is one thing that I have started even on my podcast talking about. Really, we are all. Light, and yes. when we have when you if one candle is in a dark room, you can it's you can barely see. But if we're all shining in a dark room, it becomes a light room. Mm-hmm. And so it's like my my light doesn't take anything away from yours. It actually makes both of us shine brighter. And that's the that's the idea that we need to support because your strengths are not my strengths.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so if you know what you're good at, I know what I'm good at, let's focus on those. And I mean, all of a sudden, it's, it's multiplied, like what mm-hmm. our impact is. Mm-hmm. And I think that we forget that, or we don't embrace that. And it's like, well, if you're good at something, oh, it just shows that I'm not good at that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're good, because if we we're both good at the same thing, we're, yeah. we're not helping each other out. And, and I think that that's that connection. Um, and that's why we need people is it's not to focus on our weaknesses, but it's to make each other's strengths brighter.
1: Well, and, you know, the researcher in me, the the way that you know how I'm always coaching with the word why <laughs> yes. makes me go, OK, why can we not both shine our light? And I, And of course, all roads in my research lead to somebody struggling with fear, mm. lack and being unworthy. And I bet you see in your work, similar to I see in my work, a lot of it goes back to worth. I don't feel
0: worthy. So as humans, we have three core needs to feel safe, to feel worthy, and to feel loved. Mm. If any of those are attacked, then we have that scarcity. Mm. And when we realize that you feeling loved, me helping you feel loved and worthy and safe, it actually can shine back on me, too. It can bring back mm-hmm. to, you know, we can do it together instead of, again, the the whole idea is, well, if you're good, then there's not enough room for me. Yeah.
1: Very either or.
0: Right. And it's very either or. And it's a choice. I honestly think that that's where, now that we've acknowledged it, now that we're aware of this, it's like, what do you want to do about it? Mm-hmm. And it's a choice at that time that are you going to let someone else's strengths. I mean, again, is it affecting you at all? No. In fact, have they been mean to you at all? Typically, the strongest women, those women who step into their strengths, they are so willing to lend a hand to pull up other people as well. Mm-hmm. It's the ones who feel lack that are judging and pulling mm-hmm. people down and it's like which which group of people do you want to be in? Yeah, and it's a choice. It, it really is.
1: It's a, it's a choice, but I hear the same coach in my head going, it's not that simple Tracy. Mm -hmm. And I think what the, the missing piece in, I think it is simple. If I know what else to choose. Yes. If I don't know what else to choose, then I, then I can't make another choice. But if I have a choice of, being in the outcome and deciding what you're thinking about me, or I can choose to be in the now in the conversation. You know, that's something for my world, then right. I can choose. And, you know, I don't mean to turn this into a, I don't feel like this is a women bashing thing mm-hmm. at all, but I don't see men do this, not to the degree that it is a thing with women.
0: I don't think so either. And I think that that comes from like the, the, the male ego, you know, the like beating on the chest kind of thing of look at, look at all of my accolades, where it's so interesting because, you know, like even our resumes are reflected, the words that we use are not as strong as mm. the men's. And I think that that's like the nature versus nurture a little bit. And I think that we get to choose just because it's always been that way. Like, well, why? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as like Mm -hmm. with your your work. You're right. Um, It's that those masks. um, You said you know it's not that simple. Um, And I think that one of the things that we get confused is the word simple and the word easy. We Mm -hmm. think they're synonymous, and it's Mm -hmm. really something can be really simple doesn't make it easy. And so I think when we remind ourselves that it's okay if something's not easy, just Mm -hmm. because we feel resistance to it doesn't make it wrong and i think as we step into the joy we step into our strengths and who we are we it is going to be difficult it's not easy because there are it's goes against the norm and anytime yeah. we go against the norm there's resistance there but if you do it it gives someone else permission to do it too totally
1: totally and i think that it I would be remiss to not address societal implications in all of this. Societally, by the time girls are 12, they've been told, say whatever you want to say, but do it nice and don't upset anybody. Boys have been told, get in there and tell them what's what. Right. Well, okay. I mean, there there it is right there. That absolutely 100% plays into the voice work, but I think it plays into a lot of things. It does.
0: And I would love to look like 15, 20 years from now, because I don't believe that girls and boys are really taught that anymore. I yeah. think more and more um, you have the voices of the, you know, to, the, our, to our boys. Now I don't believe we should take the masculinity out of boys, mm-hmm. but we can in, have them understand their feelings and the mm-hmm. same we should take the femininity out of girls, but we should have them say, okay, no, if you want that. How are you going to make it happen? Yeah, you know what are you going to do about it? And I think for both sides of that, um, and I don't think you should feel guilty in one way or another. But I would be interested in 20 years from now, seeing yeah. how things because I know that for my for my kids, I do. I'm like, I okay. Well, how are we going to make this happen for my daughter and my son? And the same as well. How do you feel about this? Both yeah. and my daughter and my son.
1: I definitely think the the. I don't know the word I want, but that type of structural teaching has started to change significantly. Now it is, it's going to take 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I don't know because you, and so now the disconnect becomes, we've got people that were half the workplace Mm -hmm. is the people that were taught that way. And then you've got the other half coming up that has been taught differently. And right. so there's a, there's a little bit of a trick box in there until we get it all sorted out. But yeah, the tides have definitely started changing on encouraging women to use their voices for mm-hmm. sure. But it's really, we've got to shore up the worth piece. We, we do really got to shore up. We're worthy because we are not because and, of, of what we do or what we say or what we wear or what right. we drive or where we work or who likes us or who does. I mean, we've right. got to get solid in we're worthy because we are full stop. Everything comes after that.
0: And I think that that's, that goes into a lot of the work that I do when you really know who you are and mm-hmm. you set down all of the expectations that, that you think that you need to be. When you find out why and how you were wired and created,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then you start to see well, you can embrace that worthiness because you see that you were given mm-hmm. gifts and talents in specific, unique to you. The things that you've been through are not accidents and they've helped shape you. And, but the other thing too is you've those gifts that what made you a survivor
1: mm-hmm.
0: were already part of you. Mm-hmm. We just get to, we just get to step into that. yeah. And with that, that's where I think that that worth comes from is from within instead of you can't, um, because you can tell me how amazing I am all day if I right. don't believe it for myself and I don't see it because our brains are, we have to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. So we need to see that evidence. And So when you look back and you look at the themes and how you've made your choices and whether they're good or bad, because no matter what, if you are standing here today, you are a survivor. Mm -hmm. You have overcome the hardest things and you've survived it. So now let's look at what it took to get there and the gifts that came from it, because that right there is your worth. And that's why you matter is because you're an overcomer. Yeah. That's what my dad
1: used to call me. Really? Mm -hmm. He would always say that. He would always say, Tracy, you're my overcomer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what have we not covered? What else do we need to talk about?
0: I don't know. Um, we've talked about a lot. I we know. Have, we have gone full circle, <laughs> all kinds of all kinds of places. Um, I really think that the biggest takeaway I want for people listening is to, we started with this whole idea of transformation and growth and being a, allowing yourself to pivot. Don't shy away. From stepping into who you are, and this is not a woo thing. This is not a step into your power affirmation. Yeah, yeah, right. It's when you really look at what your strengths are, and and one way to find out is ask your core friends, like, what do you come to me for? Because everyone goes to someone for something. So ask your friends, you know, and and see, because when we when you allow yourself to step into like oh i'm really good at this or man this is how this really is easy for me we take for granted the things that are easy that they're easy for everyone mm-hmm. um and it's it's crazy because it's like oh well, no that's actually really difficult for me tracy that's why i come to you for it that's why you know noticing these masks are it's i don't naturally see them for myself so you know that's why i go to you um when we learn something about ourselves and we allow ourselves to embrace it and shift whether it makes people happy or not
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's part of the evolution and it's one of those moments that you're like okay because i mean i have i won't say lost friends but i've pulled away from friends who mm-hmm. put me in a box and um you know i was always supposed to be that grieving widow and i'm like i i knew from a from very early on i didn't want to stay in that box that's not a life hmm and so, and then now I still have people, they're like, oh, well, you're the grief expert. I come to you for grief. And I was like, well, I'd like to come, I'd like you to come to me for life. Like, I, I <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah. okay, so how, how, what do you want through your grief? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And it's like, well, you're going to always have grief. However, you get to choose joy too. What does that look like? And then let's get there. Um, allowing yourself, to go with what you're the direct, the journey that you're on, and not staying stuck in the same spot for too long. Yeah. Don't let the past define you. Um, I was reading a book and it was talking about how you actually get to redefine you define your past. And I was like, what? But the way he said it was like, it's the it's you get to redefine the memory. Was it a you know, was there a gift in there? How did you use it? How did it shape you? Mm -hmm. What do you want to take from it? What can you release, and yeah. that's where when you when you are working with one type of client or you're working with in in one area, allow yourself to grow because but you get to take those gifts with you to the next person to the next
1: mm-hmm.
0: um area. I think we're always growing, and if we stay in one spot, it kind of gets boring and stagnant, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Definitely that just what, everything you just said reminds me so much of the journey from dialects and technique to moving into this space and pivoting into, okay, I hear voices in my head. That was very risky because people could have thought I was crazy. People might still think I'm crazy, but it doesn't bother me at all. anymore. we love the crazy, but it was that evolution of if I had stayed stuck in technique, I've Probably would have lost my mind. It's because I knew there was something more,
0: right? You knew that that's not actually getting the the people what they really needed. It's what they wanted. It's what they thought they wanted. Mm -hmm. But that's why you work with a coach, and that's why I've had multiple coaches, depending on what season and different mentors, Mm -hmm. and and those of you listening, I've stuck with Tracy this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it just that evolution that happens that you you get to grow as well. Mm -hmm. And it keeps your work being refined. And um, it it keeps it energized. And you get to, you don't get stuff yourself, Mm -hmm. you're constantly growing. And it allows people around you to grow too. if you stay in that and and again, like, it's been interesting when people are like, well, I come to you and I know you're the grief expert. And I'm like, well, I'm like, okay, I'm Yeah, I've done grief. Well, I I really do believe I've done done it well. Um, But it's because I've done life well, it's because Mm -hmm. I've chosen joy. It's because and so it's because I I looked ahead to what I wanted.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And brought grief along with me, like, how can I have that now? And the same. um, So your business, your things you're doing now, if you feel that shift, go with it. And just remember, you don't ever drop You're doing, you take parts of that that you want with you, Mm -hmm. and it's going to disappoint people. But you know what? I'd rather disappoint a few and impact many.
1: Yeah, so good. I'm going to end it right there because that was just such a profound mic drop right there. All right, tell us where do we find you? The podcast is
0: called something different now. Yes, um, it's now called The Full Weight of Joy,
1: full weight of joy, joy. and
0: It's very similar. Um, it's just yeah, a different tone. It's just a different energy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, uh, Tammy Marie Coaching. Tammy's T A M I. And um, the first steps, I have, I have a a just a quick PDF of five secrets to discovering you. Just if you want to start on this journey of like of identity and who am I, um, Tammy Marie Coaching backslash five secrets. Five is the number. Um, But it's really giving yourself permission to see who you really are. Um, And that's what I love doing. I just help. I love helping people really embrace and all the things you've been through. You can take that too. So good.
1: I'll post all those links in the show notes. So make sure you check those out. Check out the podcast. Check out the five things PDF. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Tracy. I have learned so much from you over the years. And I know that the work that you do, it has helped so many people um, really impact others and, and influence. So just thank you so much for what you do.
1: Well, thank you for what you do, because your work has impacted so many people too. Thank you. And thank you listeners. Always great to have you with me. That's it for today. I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at captivatetheroom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula,
1: a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.